What up, Calvary Cast listeners? Episode 89. Graham. Uh, I need a DJ name for myself. DJ Graham Dog. Yeah. Alongside co-host Jess J Dog Miller. Welcome in. Oh, that was a nice little. I don't know what that was you just did. I don't know what it is either. Yeah. So, episode 89. uh, We are back after a hiatus. Every time we don't record a podcast, when we had intended to record a podcast, a little part of me dies inside. I feel the same way. And I'm pretty sure for our listeners too. So, they've been eagerly anticipating. Eagerly anticipating. There's been little parts of them that have just been dying. They didn't even know about it. Right. Uh, but now we're here to bring some life. Yeah, because every time you listen... Feeling their soul fill right now. That's right. Every time they listen, listen, that little part of them that died comes back to life. Yep. It's just a joyous reality. So, Is that a whole song that we listen to there? Is that like a, like you could find that song or is this just... Yeah, it's just... It was, there's websites where you just get music for free right? And for things like this. And so that's a... There's another half of that song, but I don't use the whole thing because... I was thinking like people would probably want to listen to that song for edification too if they could find it on Spotify or something. And <laughs> Just to hear that and think like, oh, think of us and all our inspiring cast. wisdom. And that's right. That's right. Or not. Uh, brief bit of banter. The, and we haven't talked about this. Have you watched the new Lord of the Rings series on Amazon? I have not. Okay. Have you? I've watched the first two episodes. What are you thinking? Boring. Really? Yes. Not well, has not grabbed my attention whatsoever. So, so th- even the movies though have an element of long, long yeah, this stretches is, of yeah, just introduction. This is worse. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. At least in my opinion, <clears throat> watch it for yourself, and then we'll do a whole podcast on the Lord of the Rings. How many that. episodes are out right now? I don't know. That's see, that's how in, into it I am. Are you done? No, I'm You'll not done. It, I'll probably. try. I'll probably try and finish it. But see, like part of it, Jenna's not a, into it, and so it's. I don't, it's weird watching a show by yourself, at least for me. And right. So if she's not interested in watching it, although the, that's typically what happens. If I put on a show, she'll be like, yeah, and then she's not doesn't watch it no matter what it is. So Yeah, well, Natalie likes to fall asleep during most shows <laughs> or try to do some shopping on her phone that's or something. While we're, and I'm like, how are you not watching this? I have to be I, totally engaged. In that must show. be a total uh, a wife thing. I know. Yeah, because I too. when I'm watching a show, I want to be engaged in what's happening. Right, and I actually when the per, when I have somebody with me, I want to share the experience with them. So yeah. if they said something funny and I look yeah. over like let's laugh at this together, right, and she didn't notice because she was sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not not the same experience for you. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't work. Oh boy! All right. Well, that's all the banter I have for that. We're all bantered out. Uh, so before we do that, we're going to talk about our book of the month here. Hold on a second. That's intro music to our new segment, the book of the month. We've got a segment. We're going to be a more segment-oriented podcast with musical transitions between each segment. That's good. At least this episode. Don't know if it'll happen the next time. But each month we do a book of the month at Calvary that we recommend. Sometimes, well, we've we've actually, since we started this, we've recommended a book every month for a couple years now. And there have been times where it's been really close calls didn't know what we were going to recommend mm-hmm. and this last month is one of them mm. but i think what we recommended was really good actually have you read it all i didn't yet <laughs> and this is the first time okay so we better clarify <laughs> now that you brought it up here i shouldn't have asked that question i just wanted to every book so last. far i've read through yeah and Wait, and i have not i've right. not read through every single right. book but one of us this is our thing one of us has to read through the entire book yes 
And like, you read through this one, right? I read through yeah. all of this one, and I recommend it. Yeah, and I trust, one of the reasons, I trust the author. Right. So yep. I was not right. leery about anything, and you read it through, so I'm, yeah. it's good. But I am going to read it right. starting You'll this afternoon. It. You'll enjoy it. It's an easy read. But I thought we should talk about, instead of doing a whole podcast on it, we're just going to, once a month, talk about our book of the month. Maybe. This month we are. Why we chose a book on the Reformation, and then maybe just a little bit of thing, things about it. Do you want to talk about why we chose a book on the Reformation? Well, we tried to do, you know, we, last year we did uh, Reformation Month, October. Yep. We did um, R.C. Sproul's Faith Alone. Yep. So we said, well, let's, every October, let's try to have a re- reformational type of yes. reminder book, whether it be on justification or maybe maybe next year's would be Sola Scriptura mm-hmm. or something or... Uh, or but now this year is just a history, which is wonderful, right? It's yes. a history of the Reformation. It's a history period. of the Reformation and, and, and delves a little bit into the doctrines. Not yeah. not going, here's all the it's just saying this is what they were saying. Yes. Yeah, and I think it helpfully great. summarizes them. I think it's great because we need to be connected to our history. Right. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ didn't start yesterday, right? Or when this church started, it it's right. We need to know, and it's great to see how God has worked in the yeah. past. Yeah. So, uh, Erwin Lutzer's book, Rescuing the Gospel, a and like I said on Sunday, it has pictures in it, so people might find that helpful, and it will clarify things that they had not uh, probably understood about the Reformation before, right. and even some of the, because I don't know, one of the things that people always say, oh, the tr- the reformers, they were all. Uh, Pedo Baptist murderers, and they had problems, like some serious problems. Uh, but by and large, they really, the Lord really used them in spite of their problems. And He even contextualizes them so you understand mm-hmm. a little better. So mm-hmm. people enjoy it. Yep. All right. Segment one done. Segment two. <laughs> Topic du jour. Okay. <laughs> what is our topic du jour? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if what I don't know if the topic fits now. Maybe we should talk I don't about something know else. either. I just liked the dun 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 dun. dun. Ding, ding. Yeah. I wish I could play the banjo. Oh, that'd be great. Anyway, uh, this comes from a sermon that I preached, and this was another sermon that was within the sermon that I didn't get to <laughs> preach, and then. So this is out of Romans 4, and I was going to preach this up until like Saturday morning, and I decided to do something different. And um, But anyway, here's the thing. Sometimes everybody knows that we don't get to what we want to get to in our sermons, and so we have a little podcast on because it really doesn't need to be a standalone sermon. Maybe fits this context. Because sometimes you have stuff that's, yeah, it's, it's not enough for a sermon. If you try to make it into a sermon, people will be like, that really wasn't a sermon. Yeah. That was a sermonette. That could could be. That would be a problem and we might run into. you can always tell when somebody's making a sermonette into a sermon because it goes on way longer than it should have. Right. It's kind of like a book that went on too long. Uh-huh. Like you could have said that in three chapters instead of ten, but right. you had a word count total you had to meet. And we don't want to be guilty of that. We don't want to be guilty of that. So anyway, um, we w- I want to talk a little bit more about the concept of us being um, the children of Abraham by faith, sons of Abraham. And uh, or in verse 16 of chapter four of Romans, he makes content uh, comment that he is the father of us all. And um, he's not just writing to Jewish people. He's writing in Gentiles and he keeps making this very clear. Like, in other words, he's saying that um, Gentiles 
are as who believe in Christ are as much sons of Abraham, or actually, uh, could you could even say more so sons of Abraham hmm. than uh, physical descendants of Abraham? Because remember now, w- the the Jew uh, the people of Israel began with Abraham, right? Abraham Correct. and Isaac, Isaac had Jacob, and then Jacob was renamed Israel. So their claim to fame, so to speak, was they are descended from Abraham, and that became very important because all of the they inherit keyword right the promises of God by by what means? Well, they mistakenly thought simply because we're descended from Abraham physically, yeah, um, we inherit the promises and the blessings of Abraham. Hmm. And what Paul is revealing is that that's not true. Hmm. And he'll even make a comment later on in Romans 9 about not all are of Israel who are of Israel. In other words, not every Jewish uh, or physical descendant of Abraham is truly an Israelite. Hmm. And and yet there are non-descendants of Abraham physically who are. And yeah. that is everyone who is a Gentile who is a son of uh, Abraham by faith, who is the father of us all. And um, these would have been very offensive things to say to a, especially a non-believing Jew of Paul's day, but probably even Jew, well, not probably, we know there was tension in the church. Yeah, very much. uh, uh, Between Jews and Gentiles who came to faith in Christ. And... Jews feeling superior in some ways. And so Paul, in not just Romans, but other places, puts Jew and Gentile on the same yeah. level, receiving the same promises yeah. because they're children of Abraham by faith. Hmm. So we back in chapter 2, Romans 2, these were our memory verses. Uh, verse 28, For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly. Now that's a real powerful, powerful statement. Hmm. No one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. And so like in John's gospel as an example, your physical descendancy from Abraham does not qualify you for to be a child of Abraham and therefore an inheritor of the promises. Cause that's the big deal. Why do I care if I'm a child of Abraham? I'm, I'm right. the special, I'm the, we're the people of God. We inherit the promises. Right. And Paul says, no one is a Jew. In other words, no one's going to inherit the promises. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they are born of the spirit into right. the family of God. So John in his gospel makes a big deal mm-hmm. about that. It's, n- it's not your physical descendancy that matters. It's being born of the spirit mm-hmm. To where even Jesus could look at Nicodemus. If anybody should have been an inheritor of promise, it's this man. And Jesus said, unless you're born again yeah. by the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, which is essentially when, when he's talking about that idea of inheriting or getting the kingdom, seeing the kingdom, entering kingdom, that's the promises. It's or a lot of them wrapped right. up in that. And that's going all the back right to like Genesis 12 and when God first, first makes those promises to Abraham. Yep. Right. Land, seed, and blessing. Right. And so I know like some of maybe some of the people that listen to this from dispensational backgrounds, this may make you a little nervous. Maybe we can do a spinoff podcast on that. 
We could. We'll see. We should. We maybe maybe be helpful, maybe. but um, but the idea is the idea is like, what do we do with, you know, all these promises of land mm-hmm. and restoration and different things, and I I'll admit that I have even in my own mind things I wrestle with with that like how does that all fit in. So what we have to do is go with what we know and what we can see in Scripture that Abraham is the father of us all. Yeah. And that has implications. Yeah. So I, but I want to draw one of the implications today. Okay. Okay. That will help people, I hope, appreciate the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, because what it doesn't take somebody too long to realize when they read their Old Testament that here are these 39 books and they're all written to one particular group of people, and that's the mm. Jews, yeah. right? And, like, promises that are flying off the page that are wonderful, some of them, and, and t- but just to that particular nation. Mm. And so I think most Christians, without even thinking about it, I mean, it's just instinctual, right? They open up the Old Testament, they read it for themselves. right? But um, what gives us a right to do that? Hmm. Like, in other words, uh, how could could I just open up somebody's mail that is, you know, they won the sweepstakes of a million dollars, say, hey, I claim promise, I claim onto this one, right? You can't just do that. So what, how does this work to where, and I, and I think it's important that we see it, not just instinctually understand it. Right. Okay. Yeah. That we actually see why we can open up our Old Testament and that the whole Bible is for the whole people of God. Mm. And, um, and as a matter of fact, what it, it gets so... It's so powerful that it's like these promises and that word that is written to the Jewish people. It is. It is there. It, we inherit it, even mm. as Gentiles. It's all those promises that they're given to us by faith in Christ, and taken away mm. from physical descendants of Abraham who reject Christ. Yeah, that's how powerful it is. Mm. It's like these are taken from you. These aren't for you. Right these are going to the Gentiles and believe yeah. in Jews now. Hmm. And so that's a really, that's a really powerful thing to think about. Yeah. But do, so how do we work that out? Well, um, I'll get, I was going to give this uh, in the message. I was going to give a little exercise here. Okay. Okay. Give so it, give it. when I was in, in seminary uh, in South Carolina at the end of my time there, I got, well, no, it wasn't the end of time, but it was the end of my first year of uh, school. And I got really, really sick. To the point mm. I ended up in the hospital, okay, for about five days or so. And one of the elders of the church came up there to visit me, and he brought me on a little index card, handwritten out, Isaiah 41.10, which is probably a very uh, well-known passage. Mm-hmm. But it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will hold you with my righteous right hand. And that verse probably has meant things to him at times and in his life when he was wrestling anxiety or fear of future and how many Christians have just loved this. And they they instinctually put themselves in the you, like God speaking to me. I'm right. with you, right. Jess. Don't worry. And I'm going to help you. I'm here mm-hmm. with you and those things. But... Um, if if you read the context of that particular passage, the two verses prior to it actually explain who the you is. Mm. So who is that verse talking to? Isaiah forty one ten. So Isaiah forty one eight says, "But you Israel, 
my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, Mm. my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corner, saying to you, you are my servant, I have not, or I have chosen you and not cast you off. Then he says, fear not, for I am with you, Israel. Yeah. I'm with you, offspring of Abraham, right? So the question then we should have is, if we're keeping that in context, what right then do I have to claim that promise, mm. read it, see it as for me, Yeah. when it wasn't written to me? Right. Uh, or was it, frankly? <laughs> the, the thing, That's the question of the day. That is the question. So in Romans 4 then, in verse... 16, it says, uh, he talks about, he says, um, that is why it depends on faith, that is the promise, right? In order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, and now he quotes Genesis 17, I have made you the father of many nations. Mm. In the presence of the God in whom he believes, who gives life to the dead and calls into things the existence that do uh, things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. In other words, what he's I think part of the fulfillment of that promise, obviously, is that Abraham would have offspring that were not physical descendants of his, right? but were from the nations. Those who shared the same faith, hmm. the true Jews, the people of true Israel. And he, he uses that expression, the offspring here uh, of, uh, um, in chapter four, you know, he is, uh, it would be guaranteed, verse 16, to all his offspring. Hmm. Well, who are they? Yeah. Right. And back in, in Isaiah chapter 41, uh, verse eight, but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham. In other words, you you now come in and you are able to inherit these um, wonderful promises and read the Bible, read the Old Testament as if it's for you, because it is. Yeah. Right. And um, it isn't it's not like the Bible saying it's like you're a descendant of Abraham by faith. It's like your offspring of Abraham. No, it's saying you are, right? So you come into this whole situation and you receive then the promises. Yeah. You receive the the entire Old Testament of the Bible is written down for us now, yeah. for our instruction, for our encouragement. And uh, so that's I think that's really important to see that's, when you're yeah. reading through the old when you're reading through the Old Testament. Now and I don't know if you're going here, if I'm leading in a different direction or jumping ahead or not, but I, when you, that passage made me think of Galatians three sixteen, and, uh, cause the question is how do we become offspring of Abraham able right. to say the old Testament's ours? Yeah. And that passage answers it. So I don't know. Do you want me to go in that direction? Yeah. Read it. So Galatians three sixteen, cause Paul's making, uh, basically the same argument in Galatians mm-hmm. three and four as he is in Romans four. Um, so he says in verse 16, now the promises, which are the same thing he's talking about in Romans 4, were made to Abraham and to his offspring. 
It does not say, and to offsprings, Mm -hmm. referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. Right. So if I understand what Paul's saying there in Galatians 3, you go all the way back to Genesis 12, and God comes to Abraham and makes this promise uh, to offspring. Mm -hmm. It's ultimately Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? And seeing that Christ is the promised offspring of Abraham, we are united to Christ, yes. in Christ. Right. Now, therefore, everything Christ has received, right, would that be the way to phrase that, uh-huh. yeah. is ours. Is ours. In that's, Christ. That's the really the powerful phrase, in Christ. Yeah. In Christ. That's fantastic. That's yes. <laughs> and that's how, I mean, so in other words, that's how we're brought in. That's how he becomes the father of many nations. Mm. All of them gathered in Christ, you know, who is the promised offspring that eventually arrives to, to save us all. No, that's great. Uh connection and then in chapter uh, Ephesians chapter 2 um, he says um, he's speaking out of the Gentiles so in verse 11 he says therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision which is made in the flesh by hands remember that you were at that time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel strangers to the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he may create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace." and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility, uh, by, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Um, couldn't be any more clear than that. No, yeah. And so that's how we, we are brought into this and how you can open up your Old Testament address to Israel and see that the promises that were delivered to Abraham fulfilled in Christ are yours mm. in Christ mm. as the um, descendants of Abraham, of Abraham the, um, you know, who is the father of us all. One other one, I, one other thing. I, reason I was going to bring this up that is so important, and and this is the the second little exercise I was going to do, and why we need to see this is important. Um, we every week we celebrate the Lord's Supper, and we will usually read from one of the gospel accounts of Jesus mm-hmm. instituting this. In Luke's account, Luke twenty two twenty says, "Likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood.'" Okay. And then in Matthew 26, it says, And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And um, the men in that upper room would have been familiar, obviously, with covenant relationship, and even the covenant made with at, at Sinai, and would have been aware that there was a new covenant promised. Mm. If you listen, uh, though, in Jeremiah 31, when that 
New Covenant's promises. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. Right. Mm. We celebrate the new covenant, but it wasn't delivered to us originally. Yeah. So again, how is it that we can just kind of step in there and see that as for us is that key to understanding that connection between faith in Christ and what happens then is you are brought into the household of God, fellow citizens, right? Yeah. And that now we are inheritors of these wonderful promises, including the new covenant. There have been some in hyper-dispensational circles yeah. that would actually take that Jeremiah passage and say, see, it wasn't for us. Yeah. We're in some... We're not in the new covenant, they right. would say. Yeah. They would say, you're not in the new covenant because that's to Israel. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm, I'm a child of Abraham by faith. He's yeah. the father of us all, sons of Abraham by faith. This is maybe way off. But people that, that say we're not in the new covenant, they still observe the Lord's Supper. Yeah. They're still like evangelical Christians like we are. Right. How do they do that? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> so that that's a topic for another time, that's but I'm just that question comes to my mind. So don't let um, you know. Think about that, um, and as you're reading through Scripture, just understand how this all connects to you, and how you know we inherit the Old Testament, and we become one people of God uh, in Christ. Yeah. So. I hope that's helpful. Yeah. Just to me anyway. No, that's helpful. And I think uh, it'll be helpful for the people that are listening to it. So we hope this uh, casual conversation that we have on the Calvary Cast has been helpful for you and encourages you to be a better reader of your Bible, a better student of the Bible, uh, so that you can glorify God and serve Him well. We'd love to hear from our listeners, so you can reach us a number of ways. If you're part of our church, just go up and talk to us on a Sunday morning, or you have our phone numbers, reach out to us, send us a text, give us a phone call. If you're outside of the church, send us an email, thecalvarycast at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, uh, like, share, review, whatever it is you do. If you don't like it, don't do anything at all. Uh, <laughs> meaning, don't leave bad <laughs> reviews of the podcast. <laughs> Um, so anyway we don't really ask for reviews but we did this time at Calvary we exist for the glory of God the good of his people and the great commission so until next time